0: Your host, Coach Danielle McCartney. You can follow her work on Twitter at Coach McCartney. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Hey, everybody. On this Wednesday, what is today's date? July 20th. Wednesday, July 20th, 1 o'clock on the dot, the way I like to get things done here. You're listening to 60-Minute Overtime. Getting a little feedback in my head. There we go. So you're listening to 60-Minute Overtime. Um, the hashtag you can check on Twitter, any social media, really, uh, hashtag 60 M I N O T looking for your phone calls today. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, we'll talk Yankees, Mets, Giants, Jets, um, around the NFL. I have uh, an interview with a guy trying to make the Steelers team. His name is Michael Riley. Um, I'll play that for you guys today. Um, that's very cool. It, it's cool to get the perspective of the guy that's on the cusp, on the cusp of making the team. Um, I've, I've played here for you guys, guys accomplished, like Andy Pettit. You've heard that interview. Uh, it's just cool to get a different perspective on on something like that. Um, going around the NFL, like I said, Yankees-Mets, Giants-Jets, phone number to call is 201-825-1234. Would love to hear from you today, whether you want to talk about Geno Smith looking like he's going to take the reins. Uh, Jose Reyes' his mistake last night. Um, any Yankee stadium experience you've ever had, um, and I'll talk about, I've been pretty, um, what's that word, spoiled over the past weekend, or week, going to Yankees games. Um, Muhammad Wilkerson gets the deal done, and uh, and and we'll talk. We'll talk. So 201-825-1234. Also, the Yankees, uh, the trade deadline is approaching. I want to hear what you think about the Yankees and Mets. Um, in regards to that, I think the Yankees are in a worse off spot than the Mets. That's why I said it like that. So, um, without any further ado, um, you got, oh yeah. And and you guys can uh, tweet me on Twitter at coach McCartan. I have my notifications up. Someone already added me to a list. So I hope you're listening. Okay. So, um, listen, um, the Yankees, uh, are really struggling to fill the seats this year. Um, probably because the team is not what it used to be. We'll just say like that. Um, they don't really have the star power anymore. So when you go to games, you, you look around. You know, it's not, it's not as packed as it used to be. I think the other night when I was there, they had the stadium. Guess the attendance. It was like all the A, B, and C were like in the 30,000s. I've been there when it's been like 42,000. So, I mean, it's easier getting out of the parking lot, and it's easier to get there, which I'm not complaining, really. But... Um, the past week I've been um really wined and dined at Yankee Stadium. I have to say that, and I don't mean to come off I don't if, if braggadocious is the word. I don't really mean to come off that way, but I got to tell you, I'm not sure if I could sit in a regular seat ever again. I'll tell you that. Um, the Yankee Stadium. Most recently, I had the the Legends seat experience. When I tell you free food. I tell you free food. There there's two spots to eat inside the restaurant and in by your seat. And um in the restaurant you get food, what did I have? I'm trying to think plate after plate. I'm trying to think uh king crab legs, lobster tails. I don't really like them, but you know, I figured I'd try them, since they're included in the price. Um I had a uh, braised short ribs. I've had I had there was cheesecake there. There was just an incredible tur- sliced ham, sliced turkey, sliced pork. I had a sliced steak sandwich. So, I mean, we're talking like top-notch stuff in there. Um, hi, Joe. He's on Twitter. And hi, Christian. You're also on Twitter. Hope you guys are listening. Um, if you are, two zero one eight two five one two three four. 825 And then when you get out to your seats, which are within 10 rows of the field, uh, you can order whatever you want off the menu that's put in front of you. So I immediately sat down. Without, uh, After having dessert inside, I ordered a chocolate milkshake. A Turkey Hill chocolate milkshake. Uh, then, next, I ordered chicken fingers and french fries. And then there's a wall of candy. So you get to go back in and pick whatever candy you want and fill up your bag. Which I did, of course. Um, also... Uh, you can have... There's Gatorade and water um, at the end of every section. So it's literally the posh experience. Um, if you like sitting close to the field, which I do, um, I actually dove over a couple seats for a foul ball. That was really fun. The cut on my leg really hurts, and so does my, the ligaments in my shoulder. Uh, also, then, I was there Friday night uh, versus the Red Sox game. In um, They're called the like, I guess the Luxury Suites level. Where it's like literally 12 of you guys in, like, looks like a hotel room, basically. And, um, I thought that was like, I think I kind of like those seats a little bit better. I'll be honest. Um, you're so private, whatever food you want, they bring, and more of it, and drinks were included there. Um, and that was really cool for me. Um, hi, Jack Hoffman. You're listening on Twitter. How's it going? Um, so, I mean, Yankee Stadium regular seats I'm not sure if I can ever sit there again Um, just by now I guess it's being more uh, accessible to the regular fan like me and I always said that the people sit in business suits in those seats and they are they do and they're gone by like the sixth inning they're home but the real fans are now getting an opportunity to sit in the best seats in the house and I think that's really cool and I think the Yankees need to do a better job of putting people like me in those seats rather than of course, you see the clients and the, the the celebrities in those seats. But you know what? It's the real fans that, de- that deserve to sit there. And the guy next to me said that. He said, can you name every one of the, those retired numbers which guy they belong to? I said, I think I could do most of them, which I did. And he said, he was a little impressed. He said, you know what? They should pay you for sitting in these seats. I said, you know what? I think you're right. <laughs> so you're listening to 60 Minute Overtime, uh, WRPR 90.3 FM in Mawa, Listening all over the world online. Um, hi, everybody online. I hope you're uh, enjoying enjoying today's hour. Um, we're seven minutes in. Listen, the Yankees are, are, are looking to be sellers, it looks like, on the trade deadline, uh, which is August 1st. It's really hard when your team has won 50% of the games. The Yankees are pretty much at 500. They go over one. They go under one. Um, and, and you know, it's it's really hard to determine whether you're a seller or a buyer at that point. It's, it, you're, fi- you're, you're at 50%. Is the glass half full or is it half empty? Do you look to add to your roster to make a playoff run? Or this is the time in the season where you decide, well, we're going to sell and we're going to grow from the inside, from within. And I think the Yankees, the feeling is that they are going to be sellers at the trade deadline, which is a Monday, August 1st. It usually is the 31st, but this year it happens to be on a Sunday. So the com- uh, Commissioner Manfred pushed it to August 1st. Which, by the way, that started in the 1923 season. Um, they were... Uh, and I believe I believe that the um, the Steinbrenners and the Cashman, Brian Cashman, he's the GM, and the Steinbrenners obviously are the owner. I think they're um, butting heads a little bit on, on what to do because it's easy when you're really bad and it's easy when you're really good. Like I said, and, and in the middle, you know, you, you really don't know what to do. Um, like I said, but I think they're going to be sellers and I think... Um, They're going to be trying to deal the guy that has, I believe, the fastest pitch ever in the major leagues ever recorded. And I saw two of them at 105 miles an hour from the second row the other night. And let me tell you, 105 mile an hour pitch is no joke. And the Yankees are are looking to deal him. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, apparently the rumor is he will be involved in a massive multi-team trade involving the Nationals, Washington Nationals, the Texas Rangers, and the Chicago Cubs. Um, and, and out of that, the Yankees are interested in the in the Cubs' AAA first baseman. Uh, I don't even know his name. I don't even have his name here. But he has a good batting average. And, and But that league is also known, the, the league on, on the team in which he plays, is also known for um, kind of inflating the numbers, we'll say. You know, it probably doesn't have the best pitchers. And I just hope that the Yankees... You know, Yankees in my lifetime have been known for getting the best players. I mean, Derek Jeter was homegrown. Jorge Posada was homegrown. And Mariano Rivera were the homegrown guys. Tino Martinez came via trade. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, I mean, oh, all this Arod came on a trade, a huge trade deal. Chapman traded. So the team that they have out there is not really the homegrown team we would like to see, I don't think. Um which is always has a better taste, you know? Derek Jeter, always a, the the consummate Yankee. Now, Muhammad Wilkerson, we'll talk to, to him. He was drafted by the Jets. He's got five more years with the Jets. I mean, those are the guys you really, really want to root for. So, you know, the Yankees going to, and 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 what I'm trying to say is that under the un, under recent memory, the Yankees aren't haven't really uh, cultivated these guys. They've actually gone outside, taken the better players, Carlos Beltran, and brought them in and haven't really had to coach them and develop any of these players. So to me, the worry is you give up Aroldis Chapman, who is tried and true, at least for this season, since he's been back from his suspension. Um, You know, the Yankees, let me finish that thought. So, so, So my concern is do you give up the guys that are tried and true for the minor leaguers that may or may not develop? And that, I think, is the issue that the Yankees are dealing with now. Um you know I think Carlos Beltran I think they need to trade him. I think he's he's old. <laughs> um and not that I'm discriminating against his age, I just think that he needs to go somewhere where he can win a uh, a World Series ring and then retire. I think the Yankees would be doing him a favor, and I think any team that receives him would be getting a favor. I think uh, apparently the Royals are interested in Carlos Beltran. Um, and the Yankees are interested in their right-handed pitcher Luke Hochevar. Uh, also, the Yankees were uh, in Syracuse recruiting at their minor league, uh, some minor league affiliate. I- again, my worry is that they're they're giving up their pieces for pieces that may or may not ever develop, and we've seen that before. So, uh, you know, I I think the Yankees are uh, should be sellers. I b- I believe they should be sellers. I think. A lot of people. I saw someone on Twitter. Uh, Ryan Morick. He's the um, he's a station manager here at Ramapo College. Uh, he he was saying that he was trying to project the number of wins for the Yankees, and and Ryan came up with a formula and this and that that the Yankees would win 91 games, and that is by any means not a failure. But at the point where they are now, they you know they win two games, they lose one. They win three, they lose two. It's always like one step, uh, two steps forward, one steps back. With one with them. You know, A-Rod is, is just batting. Uh, Carlos Beltran is playing the field when he's not yeah. injured. Mark Teixeira, he wakes up in the morning. It's too cloudy. He doesn't want to play. I mean, these are the guys you need to unload and you need to build around a core. You They have pitchers in Andrew. Andrew Miller is a young pitcher. Stellar. Delon Patances. Stellar. Um, and those are the guys that shorten the games for you. Everybody always talked about Mariano Rivera being, you know, if the Yankees can make it to the ninth inning, Mariano, Mariano Rivera comes in, and it, it's a done deal. As long as they're winning, he comes in to pitch, they're going to win. And the last I checked, I believe the Yankees are 17-1 after leading after the sixth inning because they bring in Dylan Betances to pitch the seventh inning. Andrew Miller comes in t- for the eighth. And then Aroldis Chapman pitches the bottom of the ninth, and done. They're done. They're 17-1 was the last I checked. I'm sure it's changed now. But you know, I checked quite recently, I believe. So to trade Chapman, do you stretch Betances? Do you put him as the eighth, ninth inning guy, or just the ninth? And do you know the Yankees have options at the back end? But I mean, CC Sabathia, old, uh, non-productive. They're looking to trade Ivanova. Nova, you know. So I, I think the Yankees are doing the right thing in kind of just chalking up this year, and moving forward. Um. And not trying to make... What's that expression? Uh, take the blood out of the stone. Bleed a stone. You know, there's only, there's only so much you can get out of the guys that you're given. And the guys that you have. So in that sense, I do think um, the Yankees are doing the right thing. I'd love to hear from you guys and your opinions at any point in the show. Um, on Twitter. Uh, if you want to call in, it's 201-825-1234. You don't have to agree with me. Um, there's plenty of people out there who think the Yankees should stay the course. And should add to their mix uh and you know it it is what it is so um and there's another thing I, and i've played for you guys the sparky lyle um interview i believe if not i'll play pieces i interviewed yankees he's a great a great pitcher sparky lyle um there's talks of him there's a lot of his fans that are um wanting his number retired in monument park at number 28 Yankee pitcher, World Series champion. Yeah, I got this all memorized. Three-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, and the first AL Cy Young, uh, AL Cy Young relief pitcher. And uh, I had gone to, he's the manager emeritus at the Somerset, New Jersey Patriots team. Um, he's apparently at all of the games. Uh, he's got the nice uh, bushy mustache. Um, great guy. I sat down with him. It was a 22-minute, 22-second interview. And if you're so excited, I don't have it for you today, but if you are so, so inclined to go see it, you can go on my YouTube page. Uh, well, you can go just go onto Google, type the word YouTube space coach space M C C A R T A N and hit enter. All my videos come up. You can scroll through and find them in there. Um, but uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he was my first guest, unofficial guest on my uh, my karaoke segment that I do with the players. Um, I had the Eagles. He's a big Eagles fan. Not the football team, the band. Um, so I, uh, there's, a, there's a, one of my, my internet buddies, my, my Facebook friends and, and Twitter followers, Lenny. Lenny always goes to these games. And uh, Jack Hoffman just tweeted, listening to Coach McCartan with Lenny and Sparky Lyle at the Patriots game. Um, so he had gone back to the Somerset Patriots. And I said, oh, make sure, if you can, just make sure that Sparky, he, he did see the interview I did do with him. Because, you know, I just, he, you know, he's an older gentleman. He doesn't really have, um, like, a, he doesn't, he's not on social media. I asked him. He said his, ki- his kids run it, and that's that. I said, oh, all right. Well, you know, I just want to make sure. I emailed um, the, the the manager, the vice president, whatever, um, Mark Rusinoff, and I emailed the link to him. Actually, I actually don't think I ever heard back from him. So I just wanted to make sure he saw it. So Lenny goes down to the game and I just, lo and behold, I come, uh, I log into the computer up here on my Facebook page, my author page, which you can look at Danielle McCartan on Facebook too. Lenny posted me, it's a video of Sparky Lyle talking. And I think this is pretty, pretty awesome. I'm going to play this for you guys. And I'm going to download this and I'm going to save this forever, I'll be honest with you, because this is really, really cool.
1: Hi Danielle, I, I enjoyed your show. I uh, watched the interview and everything. As I said before, you know you were very good, and I wish you all the luck. And you know I got to admit it one way or the other. Lenny really showed me how to throw the slider. It really, it really wasn't Ted Williams. <laughs> I'm lying.
0: <laughs> so Ted Williams, uh, that the famous story is that Ted Williams, the Red Sox great. Yankees should be very uh, thankful to the Red Sox uh, for that reason, <laughs> but because um, Ted Williams taught, well, he didn't teach him, but he told him that he should throw that. That was the only pitch Ted Williams couldn't hit, and he is one of the the best hitters of all time. So Sparky Lyle went home, and he and he learned the pitch, and then and and the rest is history. I'll be honest with you. So, um, so uh, Lenny, you I guess uh, you were the original teacher of the the slider to Sparky Lyle. <laughs> Uh, I I, I don't think so. He said he was just kidding. So Lenny, um, he said, don't forget my shout-out. Don't worry. You're here. I got you. So thank you. Thank you for that. I'm going to keep that forever. Thank you so much. Um, And uh, just a a point about the Mets, getting back to the Mets and the trade deadline. I think the Mets should be, should stay the course. Um, I think the Mets, you know, they're a couple games out of the NL East, and we'll get into the Mets in, in just a second. Uh, but I think they should stay the course where they are and, and stay put. So much so that I put twenty dollars on them. One of my friends went to Las Vegas. I gave him twenty bucks. I said, "Put twenty bucks on the Mets." Yes, the Mets to win the World Series. They were twelve to one odds. So, um, you know, if the Yankees are faltering, I think I'm going to sort of jump ship just a little bit, just for a little while, just because of the money's involved. I'm going to be rooting for the Mets. Let's go Mets! And I'm going to be going away next week, so actually, I won't be on next week um I'm going to I'm going away I'm going to Miami and I'm actually going to be going to a Mets game in Miami which I think that's pretty cool Uh, my life goal is to get to all the different baseball stadiums and I've checked off a couple off the list and a Marlins Park is going to be the next one and I'm going to see the Mets there it just happened to work out this is the only weekend I can go basically and it just happened to work out that the Mets are going to be there and I think that's going to be very, very fun. So if, if you guys uh, stay tuned, I might do a couple Twitter videos from the field or, or, or whatever because I also have very good seats for that and compare them to the Yankees, the Yankees setup. And we'll see. Uh, so there is that. So Mets, Yankees. Yankees are done. And we'll talk Mets in a minute. But here's Tino Martinez.
1: This is Tino Martinez, World Series champion for 60 minute overtime.
0: That's so cool. I, I can't get over that. I can't get over these guys how they how they how they, you know. I don't pay them to say that, and they just they just do it. So I think that's pretty awesome. So in, in Mets news, um, Mets are in a in a very important series. This these past, well, past two days and today is today is the last of the series. It's a three game series versus the first place, uh, National League Central Cubs, and they have a commanding lead of the NL Central. The Mets are third place, in the NL East. Um, which is, in my opinion, a tougher division. But yeah, you know, if we want to call and discuss it, let's do it. Um, which is a rematch of last year's NL Championship Series. So this, these are the, you know, contenders. Contender. Everybody thinks. I think the Cubs are the favorite to win the World Series this year. Uh, the Mets lost the first game, and they won the second game. So they're at a one-one split. With the third game of the series being today, at 2:20 p.m. prime time. Well, not prime time, but on the major network ESPN. Uh, which is national? National. That's what I'm going for. And SNY on SNY, the normal Mets station in the New- in the New York market. So at 2:20, uh, the Mets are going to be on. So in an hour, an hour from right now, exactly right now, 60 minutes from now. Um, but if if anybody was watching the game last night, and I and I was, it was on a little bit late, but I couldn't turn it off. Uh, it was it was a baseball drama at its best, I believe. Um, so let let me uh, let me set you the the scene here. Uh, Let me see. So it was um, this guy named Baez on the Cubs. Well, let me back up. Jose Reyes, he is now, he was a shortstop for the Mets, traded to the Rockies. We talked a little bit about him. Um, Traded to the Rockies, uh, let go by the Rockies, mostly dealing with his um, suspension for domestic violence. So he was picked up again by the Mets in my opinion, lucky to be given the opportunity from the Mets. And he's now playing third base instead of shortstop. The Yankees, uh, the Mets have a uh, a dynamite shortstop and a, a Zdruble Cabrera. Um, so they said, I, I think they went to him and uh, Reyes and said, listen, you can come back as long as you're going to be playing third base. And I think Reyes realized that that was his only real option. So he is back playing third base. And there's a lot of people trying to stick up for him, saying, well, he, oh, he doesn't know the position. Because uh, he made a huge mistake last night. He, made, he, would, he would have been the GOAT, and I'm not talking the greatest of all time. I'm talking about GOAT, the, the, the guy who messes up the game for the team. And that could have been him last night, but I'll get to that. But people are trying to defend him saying, oh, you know, he doesn't play third base. He didn't know. He didn't know. And I'm from the school of thought. Like I've talked on here before about the shift. When they have the shift on, you as a professional baseball player should be able to hit out of the shift. No questions asked. Okay, So that's my school of thought. I'm going to just put that out there so you know it now. So Jose Reyes is playing third base, which he's been doing a good job at. Uh, Don't get me wrong. This girl, named uh, his last name is Baez on the Cubs. He puts a bunt down the third baseline, obviously playing on the inexperience of Jose Reyes at that position. Jose Reyes runs up, charges the ball, fields it with his hand. And I'm not talking it was just a, a bunted ball. It was a bunted ball literally down the chalk line. Jose Reyes picks it up with his bare hand and throws it to first, and the guy was safe. Now, I don't care if you're a third baseman by trade, a shortstop by trade, or a right fielder by trade. You should know, and you should have been coached. How long has he been playing baseball? For how many years? He should have been coached, and he should have known, and even I know as a shortstop, that if the ball is rolling near the foul line, near the chalk line, you have to look at the spin on the ball. It's a split second decision. I understand that, but as a professional athlete, you should be able to to determine this. The spin on the ball. I mean, I can, and the spin on the ball. I teach my players on my softball team. Let it go foul. Touch it foul. Because you can run into what Jose Reyes ran into, and uh, which was a big mistake. The guy was safe. Now the situation is this: base is loaded. No outs, for the you know for the Cubs the bases are loaded. The no there are no outs. It's the bottom of the ninth inning, and they're down by one. So now you have the bases you're out, you're the Cubs you have the bases loaded you have no outs. This is a walk in the park. This is a walk off win. You got to be thinking that. But Jose Reyes did make up for it, um, with another risky play. I mean if if didn't go the way it was and if it wasn't the players that were there on the field that that would have been uh, you know at least the Mets it wasn't a walk-off situation in that sense it would have just been the tying run so the next play is, is hit again it's a, is a batted ball to Jose Reyes he, he takes the ball and instead of doing what you're coached to do which is throw home cut the run off at home then look for the double play at first base the the 4-1 the double play, uh, you know, home to first. Um, that's not the right numbers for it, but you know what I'm saying. So you throw home, the catcher takes it, swipes the foot along the plate, and then, making you know, creates a, a throwing lane and throws the guy out at first. That's what you're coached to do. Obviously, Jose Reyes is not a third baseman by trade. What he ends up doing is what a shortstop would have done, most likely, is to try and get the, the double play at, at second and then on to first. Which, by the hair of his chinny, 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 chin, chin, he did get out of it. So, Jose Reyes throws the ball around the horn um, to second on then on to first. James Loney made a nice little play at first and then that's how the game ended. It was a shocking win. I think the announcers were calling it an incredible win. I'm going to go ahead and call it an amazing win. Yeah, you see what I did there, my fans? Um. And it it was it's such a situation for their closer jury's familiar to get out of. I mean, bottom of the ninth, no outs, bases loaded, two. Bottom of the ninth, three outs, no run scored. is is just amazing. It's 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 amazing. And um, it was much needed for the Mets and um, keeps keeps them right in the conversation of the wild card conversation this and that. So, um, I think this is going to be a great game, this afternoon. And another reason why Jose Reyes, I believe. I may, may may have noticed this or not, but Anthony Rizzo, the C- one of the Cubs' best hitters, was coming up next. So in- instead of going around the horn like he did for the do- en- game-ending double play, if he went home with it, cut the runoff at home, you still have bases loaded with their best hitter at the plate. So you know, I don't know if there was any forethought in that or if he he wasn't just, he didn't know what he was doing, but... You know, either way it worked out for the Mets. And uh, today's game is at the third game, third and final game, two twenty. like I said, on ESPN and SNY. Um, and I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a money fan. <laughs> so the 12-1 to 1 odds, I'm playing the 12-1 to 1 odds to, for the Mets to win the World Series. And uh, hopefully, hopefully for me, <laughs> they can pull it off because uh, a nice paycheck around Christmas time coming in the mail would be real nice. I hear some people here. Who is here? No, I guess they're next door. They're outside the door. Um, Okay, so that's uh, Mets-Yankees. Phone is still not ringing. Come on, everybody. 201-825-1234.
1: Muhammad Wilkinson, you're listening to 60-Minute Overtime on 90.3 FM.
0: All right, so you don't have to be a Jet fan to know about this. You have to be – you may have to be a football fan to know, but – the Jets have locked up that man, Muhammad Wilkerson. There's a little bit of good news, bad news with the with the Jets. I'm going to give you the the good news first. Muhammad Wilkerson deal is done. Um, I was on here last week. The deadline was Friday. They were reaching out. I think believe I believe it was what was Friday morning at 3 a.m. The last fax went through to Muhammad Wilkerson from the Jets. They got the deal done. They did it. They locked him up, and Muhammad Wilkerson, like you heard last week on my show, my interview with him, it's on YouTube if you haven't, also on iTunes, um, he told me he wanted to retire a jet. So they were finally able to meet in the middle, and the deal is done. Muhammad Wilkerson is one of the best in his position in the entire NFL, and he just locked up a five-year deal worth $85 million, which is $17.2 million a year. I don't know how to say his guy. I don't know how to say his first name, but his last name is Sue S-U-H. He's the only defensive lineman with a higher per year take home salary. Um, Actually, I wish I I picked one more day later on the Yankee game because Muhammad Wilkerson threw out the first pitch at the Yankee game last night. I think that was an incredible honor for the Yankees to bestow upon him. Normally, it's fans are Mets, Jets, Yankees, Giants, but I think that was a cool little crossover. I wish I was there because he. Uh, The first pitch people do hang out in the legend seats where I was sitting. So I missed him by literally 24 hours. But um, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, he's back. I think all of Jets Nation is glad he's back. Um, He's such an integral part of their defensive line, of their pass rush, that to let him go would have been a a gigantic mistake for the Jets. Um, So and uh, here's the tweet that Muhammad Wilkerson, um, that's how he did it. He announced it via tweet. And then all the players reacted to his tweet, including Sheldon Richardson, who has been his buddy since day one. Um, they're two defensive linemen. They're, they're two peas in a pod, him and Sheldon. And uh, Sheldon said he, he tweeted something that he was, couldn't be happier when checking his Twitter timeline to see that his man was back. And this is the original tweet from Moh- Mohamed Wilkerson. It says, quote, and I quote, I give my all every Sunday on the field and play with so much love and passion for the game. I'm thankful for everything that comes my way, and I'm proud to say I'm back in, that's a typo, it should be, I'm back in the green and white for a few more years. Hashtag number 96. Hashtag MKG, must be be his agent's company. Hashtag Jet Life. And I think that's a really, really, really cool story. So Jeff fans, we are all happy. We are all happy Big Mo Wilk is back. And I'm sure he is, too. I I think he is. Um, And I think he wanted it all along. Uh, for the bad news for the Jet fans, uh, breaking yesterday, uh, later on yesterday, um, you know, the Jets are in a quarterback standoff with um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I, I see it in in high school sports that when the kids think they're better than they are, they believe they're entitled to more they're entitled to, things get a little bit messy. Mm, that's what's going on with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he believes he's better than what he is. Uh, he's a quarterback that's been in the, le- the league. He's a veteran quarterback who's never made the playoffs. Um, and I, and I, you know what? Everybody always talks about that, but I, I always give him a pass for this past Jets season because of the fact that on the last play of the game in Buffalo, Fitzpatrick hit, I'll never forget this, Kimbrell Tompkins, he hit him right in the numbers. That was a sure-fire game-ending touchdown up the right sideline. And he hit him, and hit him right in the chest, and right in the hands, and Kimbrell Tompkins dropped the ball. So that wasn't Fitzpatrick's fault. Um, the interceptions earlier on were, but he ha- he put the ball where it needed to be in order to win that game, and it just didn't play out for him. So in, in that sense, I give him a, a somewhat of a pass on that. Uh, but otherwise, um, Fitzpatrick is uh, has put his house for rent. There's a silver lining. The house is for rent, not for sale. But the house is for rent uh, in Chatham, New Jersey, I'm a very posh suburb. Um, and, and the house is for rent. And Jet fans are a little bit nervous. Uh, to m- in my opinion, I think it's a little bit of a ploy to try and get s- get the Jets to move. You know, I imagine like a chessboard with Ryan Fitzpatrick, co- uh, you know, in charge of one side of the pieces, one color. And Mike Mcagn, the Jets GM, on the other side of the board, and they're just playing move for move for move Fitzpatrick obviously wants more than what the Jets had originally offered him Uh, they offered him in March 24 million dollars and a three year contract and he rejected it and I was so anti-Jets at that point you know before that had come out and then I I see the deal and everybody every Jet fan was scratching their head like you gotta be kidding me that's a completely fair deal So the the last move in this chess match is Ryan Fitzpatrick puts his house for rent in Chatham, New Jersey. Uh, He's got no other options. Uh, He's not like he's got any bargaining chips, I don't think, other than the fact that um, his his receiving core and his his veterans around him do, in fact, like him better, I'll say, than the other guys that they have. Um, But if you're interested, it's an eight-bedroom Four fireplace house listed on July fifteenth, Friday, for nine thousand five hundred dollars a month. You know, just in case, Um, you can Google that. How to get in touch with the uh, with the um, the the real estate agent? Oh, Aunt Donna, (laughs) Donna Anderson Broderick on Facebook said she's listening to it now. I'm going to go ahead and click like on that. Hi, Aunt Donna. so uh, you know, you'd you'd have to think as a Jet fan that the Muhammad Wilkerson deal freed up some more money for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, Mike McCagney makes a move, signs Mo Wilkerson, frees up some cap space. Okay, click the thing in the chess board. next move is Ryan Fitzpatrick puts his house for rent. Click. I think it's the Jets. Uh, it's the Jets move here now, I believe. And uh, you know, like I said, the Jets really like he likes having. Um, The the Jets receivers, especially, uh, what's his name, Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall, really love having Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. That's their guy. They talk every day. It's been been well-documented throughout the season that they they FaceTime every day. They call each other every day, multiple times a day. These guys are contacting each other, and that's the kind of camaraderie you have to build between the quarterback and your receivers. That's what they had, the chemistry, the camaraderie. Then you have Calvin Pryor coming out over the summer, maybe about a month ago, saying, Oh yeah, well Gino Smith he's um he's starting to get uh, I forget how he phrased it. He tweeted something along the lines of um what's his name? Geno Smith who is like the you know the backup quarterback for the Jets. You know, he, he's starting to get involved. He's starting to get involved with the Jets, uh, the players in the locker room. What do you mean starting to get involved? This is like he's third year, the fourth year there. How do you just start getting involved? I mean that's kinda it's kinda weird to me. And like I said last week, every time they show him on the sidelines, I get some slack for that. People are saying, oh, well, you can't judge him by what he does on the sidelines, this and that. Yeah, but it says a lot about you. When I go to Eric Decker's camp, his pro camp, and Gino Smith shows up. You know, Eric Decker brought some guys with him, Gino Smith being one of them. He shows up to a football camp wearing flip-flops. What? You're going to be playing with kids. I guess he didn't get that memo. Or he didn't care to get that memo. So uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to be highly critical of Geno Smith until he shows me something to make me change my mind. Because right now, I'm still Team Fitzpatrick. Although I did not like how he rejected that deal, and uh, you know, all these reporters, I feel bad for the receivers and the other players on this team. They're always asking, and and I asked, I'm guilty of it, asking Eric Decker, Eric Decker. So you know, do you put up the same numbers, rec- record breaking numbers, as you did last year? If your quarterback is not Fitzpatrick, I asked him that. And he, he you know, he, I, I try and find it too, for you, but he said something along the lines of he's, he puts the trust in Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator's offense. I get that. But just uh, like yesterday or two, three days ago, uh, Michael Rappaport asked in a in, in podcast, he asked Brandon Marshall, what's going on with Fitzpatrick? And this is not good news for Jeff fans because I'm going to read this verbatim. It's a little bit long, but this is what Brandon Marshall told him. On the podcast, and I'm going to quote this. It says, he Brandon Marshall saying, and he's the wide receiver that FaceTimes every day and talks every day with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He says, I don't know what's going on, bro. To be honest, me and Fitz talk every day, like all the time. But I texted this dude the last two weeks, three times, and there's no response. So the only thing he can tell me right now to make it right is, oh, hey, bro, I was out of the country, or I was on vacation, because it's not like him. So it's scaring me na- right now. It's scaring me that my guy hasn't texted me back. When we FaceTime, we text, we call all the time. That's got to be a little bit worrisome. Because it sounds like Brandon Marshall's worried. So I am too. Uh, So I I don't really know what's going on with Jets. Training camp does start in, uh, I believe it's seven days or maybe eight days away. And, uh, you know... Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? There's people saying this is going to go into training camp and into the preseason, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's another distraction to keep the Jets away from what they're doing. And, you know, that's that. So speaking of training camp, I I interviewed, I guess it was, what was it, Sunday, three days ago. I interviewed, uh, his name is Mike Riley. I preface this at the top of the hour. Mike Riley is... A guy that played for the uh, Cleveland Browns—you've heard him on here before. I have played interviews, phone interviews with him uh, before on here. Um, he did the lightning round; you might remember. Um, but anyway, so he—I he, went to. I want to give a shout out to Varsity House; um, they may be listening right now. So Varsity House is in Orangeburg, New York. Um, they were totally, totally hospitable. Um, they invited me back to interview more of the players that do go there. Uh, it's basically right on the border. It's it sounds far, but it's it's literally you cross over ten feet into the state of New York from Old Pan, which is 15 minutes from away from my house. So, so 15 minutes away, these all these NFL players are working at this place called Varsity House. It's an awesome facility, very nice people, and then you don't have to be an NFL player to actually work there. I mean, to to go there, they have classes for young and old. Um, they have some baseball players that go there too. So, you know, I would love to be back to you guys, Varsity House, and there's your shout out um and and thank you. Thank you for letting me in to to your facility to interview Mike Riley. But and, and but you know, speaking of um training camp, training camp starts soon. And here's my interview with uh, Mike Riley. He was with like I said he was with the um Cleveland Browns. Uh, I believe he was let go. He signed in the offseason with the Cardinals. Uh, you'll see. He explains that his agent thinks he had a better shot making the Steelers team, which was also a playoff team from last year. I asked him about it. He's trying out to be on the defensive line, and you know what? He's putting. In, <laughs> we're friends on Facebook. He's putting in the work in the off like like crazy. You got to see this guy. Um. So here it is. Without further ado, Mike Riley, trying to make the fifty man, fifty three man roster of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, Daniel McCartan here at Varsity House in, this is what, Orangeburg? Yeah, or Orangeburg, New York, yep. With uh, Mike Riley, one of the newest Pittsburgh Steelers uh, for this season. So, you're already giving back to the community. I saw, I was watching the lineman camp going on here. It's a lot fun. It's a, it's a no-glory position.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we got to teach the offensive linemen here, you know. It's kind of hard to find coaches to, to really teach them a really good basic technique, so. You know, Dan Goodman, he was he was uh, really the one running the show here today, and mm-hmm. I was, I was kind of helping out with him today. You know, we were doing offensive defensive work, but, uh, you know, that's that's been Dan's uh, kind of his baby for a little while. You know, he likes to teach offensive linemen. He, he played at URI, so. You yeah, know, you, you said, yeah, that. you were training yeah. with him since high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. he's, he's been my trainer since about uh, sophomore year of high school, so a long time. He gets results, that's yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so you're currently signed on with the Steelers, set to go for training camp, which is in, like, Ten days.
1: Yeah, As soon. yeah, It's coming up pretty soon. I, I think I report the twenty seventh. So getting there. Yeah. yeah so
0: what are your impressions of the Steelers so far?
1: I, I love it. I mean, the, the coaching staff is is great. Uh, honestly, they're they're awesome. You know, Tomlin's really really cool too. He he's a, a William and Mary alum. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I went to William and Mary. Go Tribe. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's great to have have a coach who really who really genuinely cares about the players. Not only his players, he cares right. about William and Mary guys too that are there right now. You know, he's. How many years removed and he's still asking me about who's a, you know, how's the quarterback looking how's the running back looking that's so cool he genuinely cares it's really awesome and, and then joey is my uh, my positional coach i mean you can't learn from anybody better than that that's you know true. the guy's done it for a long time at the highest level so it's incredible
0: so you were out with the cardinals for a little while but then having tomlin did you think he had a hand in getting you back to the steelers uh
1: i, I would like to think so you know yeah. uh, uh, you know a lot of times you don't really know what goes behind the scenes right. uh goes on behind the scenes uh, you know, I just kind of listened to my agent. He said, hey, we're going up to, to Pittsburgh. And I was like, let's go. Let's go do it. So, yeah. you know, I, I try not to worry about those things. But, uh, you know, let yeah. my agent kind of take care of it. Yeah, earn his money, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so,
0: so is it harder to make a roster of a team that went so deep into the playoffs? Uh, I,
1: I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, I, I guess it, it could be because um, – Obviously, you would think that they had a lot of, of very good players, too. But the reason why those teams are so good and go so deep into the playoffs is because they, they bring in new talent and they bring in the best guys they can. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I'd like to think that that's what they think of me. You know, I have the ability to play there, so um, yeah. that's what I like to think.
0: Do you ever uh, reminisce about William & Mary with uh, Tomlin? Any old stories?
1: Uh, yeah, there's actually, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. There was um, a spring game, uh, and I was out there. You know, I, This was the first time I was really getting real play time. And yeah. I got out there, and, and, and I had a sack. And I uh, I came to the sideline. I was really excited. And Tomlin kind of comes over. He was at the spring game at the time. And he just kind of taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, uh, 95. Obviously, he didn't even know my name. And he's like, "Uh, "Might want to go for the ball next time. You know, you you got to get that ball back for your offense. And I was like, Yes, sir. <laughs> so, definitely. Uh, definitely might, might want to take some advice from an NFL coach. So that, that's yeah. that's one of the things that I remember about him.
0: Yeah, he must have liked you. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: So do you feel like going against, you know, in training camp and hopefully the season, going against a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger make you a better player day in and day out?
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I, Ben is, is so good. He throws the ball exactly where it needs to be. Uh, I know there was one time I was taking a drop, and you know, I'm trying to get, that, get out there as fast as I can, and the ball zooms right over my head right into the – the, the receiver's hands. like, well, you know, if you're not exactly where you need to be, he'll put it exactly where it needs to be, so yeah. he's, a, he's a great player.
0: Makes you better by,
1: by default, for sure. It, it makes you perform better.
0: Yeah, so you were in Cleveland and Arizona. Is your family happy that, you know, From we're in <laughs> close to Ultapan. Are they happy you're back on the East yeah, Coast I, and close I think, by?
1: I think they're definitely a little happy about that. It was kind of weird being out on the on the West Coast time, you know, the three-hour difference. Yeah. And, you know, they, they'd be going to bed early, you know, trying to call me, you know, trying to talk about my day and everything, and I'm still, you know, in the middle of doing something, yeah. you know, three-hour difference, but... Uh, I think who's really the most excited is uh, my college roommate, George Beerhalter, and, and, and his parents. Uh, he's from Pittsburgh, so I lived with a Pittsburgh guy for four years. Oh, wow. So uh, he, he was pretty excited when I got that call, and his parents were, too. So hopefully I'll have them out for, for uh, one of the training camp days yeah. and come out and watch practice. It'll be awesome. That's cool.
0: So are they playing the Jets-Giants this year?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't even look. Uh, I don't really know. hope so, right? Yeah, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, <laughs> that'd be nice. Cool. you got a
0: good uh, crowd yeah, exactly, section going. Right. All right, so I have this new
1: thing called Out
0: of Bounds Athlete Karaoke.
1: Okay. See what I can do here. I have to challenge my inner George Strait right now.
0: we'll
1: okay. right, Sam Hunt here. Ready? Right. Complete it. I'm going to stop it. A house party. We don't need nobody. Turn your TV on. Break the that boom, boom box. box <laughs> yeah, go.
0: That's All good. Right? All Sam right. Sam there you go. He got one it. One for one. One for one. All right. How about let's try this one.
1: cold beer on a friday night pair of jeans that fit just right and the radio on wow you go. might
0: be one of the best we've had on this so far okay how about little luke bryant
1: okay. all them mothers i don't know <laughs> This is a rough one. It's a hard one? Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm not the biggest <laughs> Luke Bryan fan. Uh, I, I don't really jam to his songs that well. So we two for three right now.
0: Yeah, all right, last one. Here yeah, you go. A, this is going to be fun.
1: Yeah. Dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped up four wheel drive. Well, that was good. Oh, perfect, right?
0: Definitely one of the better ones. Out of you are a workhorse here in a varsity house gym in Orangeburg. And I watch you lift weights, and the bar is bending. I mean, you're in tip-top shape. Right. How important is that?
1: I, I think it's, it's of utmost importance. You know, personally, everybody's kind of got a different style. I mean, a lot of guys really rely on athleticism. A lot of guys you know, rely on a technique a little bit more. Uh, you know, what's worked for me in the past and what's uh, been working for me is just being in the best physical shape I can be. You know, strength, strength and conditioning. Right. It's done so well for me in the past, you know, and and I genuinely enjoy it too. You know, a lot of guys go into the gym and they they do it because that's what they have to do. But Mm -hmm. I I genuinely enjoy it. Even if I wasn't playing pro football, I'd be be working hard in the gym. You know, my day doesn't really feel complete without it. So yeah, I genuinely enjoy it and and I love it, and it helps me on the field. So (laughs) (laughs) win win.
0: Very cool. So, and personal goal for the 2016 season. Uh, My personal goals.
1: I I want to make the 53 man roster. You know, I think I have the talent. I have the ability. I I put in the work. I'm um, learning the defense uh, as best I can. You know, I just want to go out there and perform during training camp. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it was a little bit um, more difficult last year because I was a defensive end in college and and I moved to playing linebacker, outside right. linebacker in the pros. And, and to be honest with you, I, I had no idea what what coverages were really. I, I really couldn't tell you the difference between a, a cover three and a cover four. I didn't, right. I didn't know. You know? <laughs> you know, and that's like basic. You're you playing know, a lot of Madden, defense, I assume. Exactly, right? <laughs> so uh, that's that's basic football. And, yeah, and so. Not only was it a physical transition for me, it was, it was a big mental transition, too, in learning how to play the position. And, and you know, throughout the past year in this off season, uh, I've learned so much made tremendous strides as an outside linebacker, not right. just as a football player. So uh, I think it's it's time to really just just go play and go make Good, place. That's so awesome. I'm excited.
0: Very cool. Well, good luck. We'll be rooting so for much. you from here you. for sure. All right, Daniel McCartan, Michael Riley. All right, so that was Michael Riley on there. Um, I just set up the Periscope. Let me flip the camera. uh, Double tap to flip. Okay, we should be looking. Nope, double tap to flip. There we go. We're looking at me. So if anybody um, here, yeah, we're looking at me. Hi, everybody on on Periscope. Um, You may notice that this chair is empty. Um, Andy, I said it last week, Andy can't make it to daytime. Uh, summer hours here so if you want to find out the best uh, he's still doing his own podcast so it's at um, I believe it's the Brodown podcast if not, it's just regular Brodown podcast so um, you can find Annie there but Mike Riley, um, you know you gotta love you gotta love the guy like that. Um, I absolutely love when I do the um, when I have the guys singing the karaoke I think that's hysterical. <laughs> I think they enjoy it too because it's just something different. You know, it's just something different that these guys, you know, they're asked the same questions day in and day out. And you saw it in the Super Bowl with um, with Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. he was been asked the same thing a million times, million times. And I just love doing it with these guys. And, you know, I block on wood, I've never been turned down for uh, that segment before. Uh, so Mike Crowley did one of the better jobs I, I've had um, with the country music. Uh, what's my iTunes podcast name? Uh, I believe if you go into iTunes you type in Coach McCartan with no space, Coach M C C A R T A N. That should work. If not, you just put it into Google. Put uh, iTunes space Coach McCartan, and that should come up. If if not, let me know. If not, you could just follow me on Twitter, and I could send you a um, a direct link to it. So you'll find a lot of stuff on there. I have like over forty interviews with Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees, Patriots, t- Titans, Steelers. They're all there. Um, so you'll find good stuff there. Um, so, Mike Riley, thanks for your time. Um, good luck. We're all rooting for you here. And um, just an addendum to that, I just I, while he was talking, I looked up that the Steelers will be playing against the Jets and the Giants. Unfortunately, they will both be playing in Pittsburgh. Um, but that's got to be cool. That's got to be cool for a, a guy growing up in this area. Wow, I have 23, 5, 27 people watching me? Oh, my God. Hi, everybody on, on Periscope. Um, I'd love to hear from you on the phone. 201-281-12... Oh, that's, that's my cell phone number. 201-825-1234. Uh, love to hear from you. We're talking Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show. I'm going to go around the NFL real quickly. Um... And I got a little more Giants talk for you guys. So, um, if for those of you just tuning in on my on my Periscope feed here, if you can find me on Twitter. I can direct you everywhere. I'm on Facebook. Coach M C C A R T A N. You guys can find some great stuff on there and spread the word. Retweets, those are those are my friend. Uh, so let's go around the NFL real quick. Uh, someone just said Jets to win the Super Bowl in the next ten years. Well, wow, ten years is a really long time. But I'm going to go with yes. I mean, I think the Jets are in a win now mode. <laughs> Someone said, "Hell no!" They're fighting on the. Oop! I know I'm not. No, I'm sure if I'm allowed to curse on this now that we're on ninety point three FM in the radio. Um, I I do think so. I think the Jets are almost there. They've been almost there for so many years, rebuilding since nineteen sixty six, five, whatever the last one was. Um, but I do think the Jets are knocking on the door. I think in the next ten years, I think we will see a Jets Super Bowl. In my opinion, um, so just around the NFL, um. So you got Mike Riley over there. We just talked about him. Ezekiel Elliott, just drafted by the uh, Cowboys in, I guess the draft was in what, uh, April? Just drafted by the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott. He is uh, the number one jersey being sold on NFL.com. Part of the reason why is because he's America's team. He he was drafted fourth overall. Um, But, you know, that's just a little nu- nugget there. Um, they're known as America's team. So that has, you know, has done that. <laughs> I'm reading all these comments. I'm getting a little distracted. What about the Texans? Actually, I, I'm hoping to talk with Brian Cushing before he leaves for, for spring training. So sp- spring training for a training camp. So I would love to have an answer for you for the Titans. Um, i would give you that they did squeak by in the playoffs this season. They won the division barely uh, in the weak division, I'll be honest. They were the, the weakest team in the playoffs at nine and seven barely squeaked by the jets had a better record than them. Just so you know that And the jets missed the playoffs, which I talked about on here when it happened. Um, so I- I'm hoping to get an interview with uh, Brian Cushing and uh, I'll bring that to you. Hopefully, hopefully next week or the week after definitely the week after I'm not going to be here next week. So um, I'd love to do that for you. I did talk to Devin McCordy from the Titans about, uh, about the weak division and things like that. Um, but and he said it's it's up for grabs. Devin McCourty from the the defensive captain of the Titans said it is up for grabs, and uh, yes, Aaron Forster did get traded, uh, but he's injured. Yeah, they, they can replace him with some somebody new. I I, I don't think the Titans are going to be in a bad bad boat this year. Um, so you know America's team, uh, Chris, you know Chris Christie is a Dallas Cowboy lover. Um, hashtag Never Chris. Mm, who said that? That's my political my political view on Chris Christie. Uh, he does like the the. Uh, the uh, the Cowboys uh, number yeah next thing Arian Foster signs with the Dolphins uh, always injured but he's a four time Pro Bowl winning running back and he was let go by the Texans um, he signed a one year deal with the Dolphins worth 1.5 million which could be 3.5 million with incentives uh, I think he's got a lot to play for still and hopefully he could stay healthy well actually as a Jet fan I hope he doesn't stay healthy but I never want to wish that really on anybody for real but um. Yeah, that's another uh, none, another nugget. My fourth point here is Von Miller has a brand new deal with the Broncos. He becomes the sixth highest-paid defensive player in the history of the NFL ever. Um, he's uh s- he, what did he sign? A 6-year, 114 million, 70 million in guarantees. He was last year's Super Bowl MVP uh, at what cost though, with no pun intended. Um, you know, what are the effects on the teammates? What are the effects on the teammates of these guys at monster deals? We're seeing it with the Yankees. They got to pay A-Rod. Okay, so they can't, and then they can't afford, but baseball is a little different because there's no salary cap. There's a salary cap in football. And when these guys are eating up so much, think of a pie, like a pie chart. They're eating so much up of that, what's left for all the other guys and what kind of talent can you see around them? And we saw that, and we're still seeing it in um, in New Orleans. Drew Brees had, had a big contract, and they couldn't really put a team around him. So, you know, what is the effect on, on the teammates of the Broncos? Uh, I don't really know. Not really sure. So we're, we're going to have to watch that pretty closely. And uh, just some giant stuff. Well, let me give you my, my Mike Riley tagline because I can. Here it is.
1: Hi, this is Mike Riley, outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're listening to 60-Minute Overtime on 93.3 FM, WRPR.
0: Well, it's 90.3. He was close, but he did it in one take, and he was very happy about it. So um, there's that. So let's talk very quickly because I got to run today, so we got five minutes left in the broadcast. Let's talk Giants real, real, real quick. Uh, The Giants have announced their. um, uh, No, Mike Riley from. He is from. Somebody just asked. Mike Riley from Nebraska? No, he's Mike Riley from Old Japan, New Jersey. Uh, William and Mary. He's now trying out to make the uh, 53 man roster of the Steelers. Um, You can find my interview with him. On my YouTube channel, at Coach, well, on my YouTube, you search Coach MCCARTAN. You'll find a lot of other stuff on there, a lot of good stuff. Um, So, Giants, the Ring of Honor has been announced. Um, Every year, teams induct guys into their Ring of Honor um, that uh, have displayed, you know, just character and perseverance and and all the good qualities. Can I get away from Teaneck, New Jersey? Hi, the home of Tamba Haley. I'm I'm trying to get him too, Bahali from Teaneck. Um He's on the Chiefs now. He's a great, another great player. So, hi, how are you out there? Um, and w- and what is the Ring of Honor? The Giants going inter- to uh, introduce three new guys into the Ring of Honor on November 14th at on the half at halftime. It's a Monday Night game, primetime game. And uh, this year, the Giants are going to be inducting. You know, it could be it could be anyway. It could be a uh, great players, great coaches, even trainers have been inducted, owners. Uh, The Giants have a good mix of guys, actually. I was looking it up last night, who they have. But anybody that basically has a big influence on the uh, organization gets inducted. So, for example, I looked up, you know, who I wanted to be right, of course. Automatic follow. I love it, (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, At Coach McCartan on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, So the Giants have introduced um, and inducted Frank Gifford, Mark Bavaro, Carl Banks, Harry Carson, Amani Toomer, Michael Strahan, Lt. Lawrence Taylor, um, Chris, uh, not Chris, uh, Phil Sims, Bill Parcells. <laughs> Talk about Kevin Durant leaving OKC and effing over <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah, that's the trend in the NF, uh, in the NBA, unfortunately, for these guys. Um, so to join the ranks of these Giants guys, uh, we have uh, three guys coming in. We have um, the GM. His name is Ernie Accorsi, nice Italian guy. Um, he was basically... Hired by Coach Coughlin. He, oh, I'm sorry, my thing just went out. He was basically hired Coach Coughlin, he, then he drafted Justin Tuck. He was the GM of the Giants from 1998 to, to 2006. Um, basically engineering, in my opinion, the two Super Bowl teams at the Giants didn't end up winning. So, um, okay, someone's going to call in 201-825-1234. Um, Tom Coughlin is the second inductee this year. He's the two-time Super Bowl-winning coach of the Giants. In my opinion, and I've talked about it on here, he he should still be coaching. Uh, I think he was forced out, but that's for another conversation for another day. Um, His quote was, It was a great privilege to be the 16th head coach in the New York football Giants, and it is a privilege and a tremendous honor to be a part of those great names in Giant folklore that are in the ring of honor. It is something... Judy, who's his wife, it's something Judy, my family, and I very much appreciate. The Giants, New York Giants, to me, is the greatest franchise in the history of the NFL. We recognize the long history of the Giants and the, gr- as, and the greatest city in the world, the tremendous coaches and players that have represented the, at the Giants over the years. It is a great honor to be included in the same breath with some of those prestigious former players and coaches. Always a class act, Tom Coughlin. Always. And, for, and third and finally, the inductee for this year in November will be Justin Tuck. Um, I actually met Justin Tuck. I, I really do like him. He's a Notre Dame grad, so that means he's a smart guy. They have standards out there. Um, he was playing one year with the Raiders. You know, he, was, he was a Giant from, for eight seasons, drafted by the Giants. Went out to Oakland, California for one season. And then in a class act, he uh, asked the Giants, and the Giants wanted him to sign a one-day contract so that he can retire as a Giants player. Um, he was on both, uh, he's on Tom Coughlin's two Super Bowl winning teams. And, uh, and he, Justin Tuck is just a class act. Uh, people love him. There was no hard feelings like Kevin Durant leaving OKC when he left the Raiders to come to, back to New York. So, um, no, he didn't lose his fingers. That was Jason Pierre Paul. Jason Pierre Paul lost his fingers in the, uh, in the fireworks accident, so not Justin Tuck. Justin Tuck, I think, uh, mentored Jason Pierre-Paul a little bit, actually, as both defensive linemen. I think he was, you know, he Justin Tuck leaves, and then Jason Pierre-Paul throws, blows his fingers off. So, you know, he had a little bit of a mentorship role with that, with him, for sure, I believe so. And uh, let me just give you a quick Giants tagline from uh, Jonathan Hankins. I know you guys can't hear it on Periscope, but if you find online, you can look up. On Google, just type in W-R-P-R. You get my feed there. So here's Jonathan Hankins real quick.
1: Jonathan Hankins from New York Giants. You're listening to 60 Minutes Overtime on 90.3 FM.
0: All right, so last chance to call in. I am wrapping up today. Uh, Not much going on in Giants camp. I think that's the way they like it, and I think that's the way it's going to stay for a while. I think the Jets are going to be the circus, as they always are. Jets are always the circus, and... um. And we'll see. We'll see what's up with the Yankees, what they decide to do with the trade deadline. Um, we'll see what the Mets decide to do. I think they're going to stay the course. The Yankees are going to be all shook up. And um, thanks for everybody listening on online um, from all over. I'm sure people from all over are listening. Uh, and I want to thank the people that are listening uh, via this tremendously long Periscope feed. Um, so thank you. And I, think, uh, I, bl- I believe I got a couple new followers already. Uh, so you guys can find me on Twitter. It's at CoachMCCARTAN, New Orleans. Great city, New Orleans. Oh, yeah. I love New Orleans. California is also a great city. Uh, not city. California's a great state. I've been to California. I've been to the city of L.A. twice. And Hollywood I've been to. Weather, awesome, all year round. Um, so get some shout-outs to so New Orleans, NOLA. And, uh, and, and out to California, that's cool um, so you, go, you guys can find me at Coach McCartan on Twitter uh, also on Facebook, if you're on Facebook but not Twitter, also you can just type in it's, a, it's called an author page um, it's, it's going to be <laughs> you can type in Danielle McCartan, someone just typed in go UCLA, yes, go Bruins and Aunt Donna down there in North Carolina home of the big baby Cam Newton Whoa, those are fighting words everybody I think Cam Newton's a baby. So, All right, so um, that's it for this week. Uh, we talked to, you know, we, we I played you my Mike Riley interview. We talked Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees. I'm just giving that person one more shot to call in. 201-825-1234. I'm going to give two seconds and give them time to dial. And it doesn't look like it's going. All right, you chickened out someone who wrote Cam Newton is a big baby yes he is especially when you can't give a press conference at the end of the Super Bowl you are the losing quarterback you're expected to give a press conference I'm sorry I mean you can even sit up there like doing Marshawn Lynch I'm just here so I don't get fined I'm just here so I don't get fined or you could pull a Geno Smith who did with me I'm just here to support my boy Eric Decker oh, that's fine that's fine Cleveland, Cleveland is uh, where all the Republicans are right now. Out there in Cleveland, got our, our, our my uh, governor that I can't stand, Chris Christie. He's out there in Cleveland. You got a uh, Le- LeBron will be locked up if not he's already locked up for years to come. Um, so I want to ask you from Cleveland, were you burning a, a LeBron jersey when he got traded or when he left? When he left? When he left? <laughs> Your city to go play in Miami, were you burning his jersey? And when he came... Yep. And when he came back, did you go buy a new one? Did you go buy a new one when he came back after he left Miami? Nope. Good for you. Good for you. I like you. I like you. I like people like that. The same thing's happening in OKC. They're all burning Kevin Durant jerseys. (laughs) Someone wrote Cleveland, Land of the Fake Fans. Warriors Nation. Oh, get out of here, Warriors Nation. Are you from New York? <laughs> Everybody's a front runner when uh, when Steph Curry's on your team. Even the other guy jumps ship to go play with them. Yeah, Steph Curry, he's a, he's a class act. He's a good guy. Someone said he still love him. Oh, Maryland, we got some Maryland people watching me on here. This is so cool. I love Periscope. This is so cool. Yeah, bandwagon hoppers. I believe so too. That's why all these kids that are dabbing in my in my schools and on my teams are dabbing because they love Cam Newton, but he lost so. Oh Tennessee I would love to go to Nashville That's on my bucket list Nashville I would love um, I'm very much into country music And so is Mike Riley Who uh, I just had interviewed And played for you in the interview on the computer oh, I can't get it um, LA, San Diego I ran into Philip Rivers uh, about two weeks ago and, uh, At a radio station in New York um, He was great He was a very nice guy He um, has eight kids he eight kids, it's unbelievable in this, you know, this day and age. Eight kids is crazy. Um, so, yeah, Philip Rivers, is a, he's a great guy. He's another class act, Philip Rivers. Um, actually, I went to high school with a kid, Sean Lissimore, um, who, I hope you broke his leg so he can retire. No, don't ever wish that on anybody. Um, but I went to high school with a kid, Sean Lissimore, who's now on the defensive line of the uh, Chargers. And I interviewed him also on my YouTube page. You can find them. Um, So I'm I'm guys listening. uh, I'm also on iTunes um, at Coach McCartan. And uh, I think we're going to wrap this up for today. So hi to everybody listening from all around the country, watching, watching from all around the country. And I'll be here not next week. I'm going away. So um, I will be here in two Wednesdays from now, every Wednesday from one to two. I'll try to get back on Periscope, but I'm also on Twitter, on Facebook, on SoundCloud. And now on iTunes so um, you guys can check me out there and I'm just going to hit the end credits here and uh, nice little shout outs this week I wish somebody had called on the phone though (laughs) alright bye everybody to the people that are still watching there Um, see you in two weeks follow me on Twitter at Coach McCartan that's at Coach M-C-C A-R-T-A-N to find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud Search, with no spaces, Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. And summer hours are different. It is 1 to 2 p.m. on Wednesdays. And by the way, we had 184 live viewers on Periscope. All right, have a nice day, everybody.